Hello and welcome to The Hook, the podcast that breaks down ideas, concepts and stories so we can make sense of what's happening around us. I am Ashima Sharma. One of the most critical questions today is, who is an Indian citizen? To break that down, joining me is Professor Preetam Barua, who teaches constitutional law at O.P. Jindal Global University and also writes on citizenship. Good evening, Professor. Good evening. So, Professor, tell us who is an Indian citizen under the Constitution? So, uh, under the Constitution of India, um, Indian citizen is defined with reference to the commencement of the Constitution, the partition, which was you know, an important part of, of our independence, and with reference to those who were born outside India. So, Article 5 of the Constitution defines a citizen as a person who at the time of commencement was born within the territory of India or either of whose parents uh, was born in the territory of India or who was uh, ordinarily resident in the territory of India. This is how a citizen is defined. But then there are Article 6 and 7 which are specifically about the partition but and there is Article 8 which speaks of those people who were born outside India but whose parents right, or any of their grandparents were born in India. So if we see that if we were to speak about it simply, it defines citizenship in terms of where you were born and or who your parents were. In that case, how can one become an Indian citizen? So that is now governed also by another law, which is the Citizenship Act 1955. And you may become a citizen of India either by birth or by descent or by registration or naturalization. These are the four ways in which you can become Indian citizens. And these provisions actually have changed over the years um, in, terms of, in terms of the dates in which you were born. So if that helps, I could explain that that if you were born in India before, um, on or after 26th January 1950, but before July 1987, then you are an Indian citizen irrespective of who your parents are. But after that, who your parents are matters. So after that, if, if it is you are born between 1st July 1987 and 2nd December 2004, then you are a citizen of India if either of your parents is a citizen of the country at the time of birth, right? And in, if you are a person who is born in India after 3rd December 2004, then you are a citizen of India if both your parents are Indians or at least one parent is an Indian citizen and the other is not an illegal immigrant. What is the Citizenship Amendment Bill of 2016? So the Citizenship Amendment Bill of 2015 actually makes certain special provisions which allows illegal immigrants from particular religious minorities from particular countries. So the religions are Hindus, Sikhs, Buddhists, Jains, Parsis and Christians and the countries are only Afghanistan, Bangladesh and Pakistan. So illegal immigrants from these countries can now apply for citizenship you know, if the bill becomes an act, uh, become citizens um, of India. And it also lowers the residential requirements for such illegal immigrants that you can now apply for citizenship uh, in six years, um, uh, if you are in India for six years, uh, otherwise, which is 11 years. So in that sense, the bill also excludes some people, which is very clear that it excludes Muslims. It may exclude atheists. It may exclude some animists and some religions like Taoism or Ahmadiyas, unless they are read into other religions. But it also also excludes Hindus, Sikhs, Buddhists, Jains, Parsis from other neighboring countries like Sri Lanka, China, Burma. So what is then the proof of a citizenship for any person? 
So uh, proof of citizenship uh, in India is actually a difficult question and is governed by several, uh, you know, different provisions. So now it would depend on uh, on what basis are you claiming citizenship. If you're claiming citizenship on the basis of your birth between 1950 and 1987, as we spoke of before, in such cases there is a list of 19 documents which you can show and you can prove your citizenship. Now those, so it is not a guarantee that if you have a passport or a birth certificate then you're a citizen of India. It depends on how you claim. Now, there is also the question that, you know, uh, uh, proof of citizenship has to be uh, shown to the registrar general because um, uh, you can have a um, national identity card or you can be registered as a citizen of India. So such documents, such certificates will prove that you are a citizen of India. But it's, uh, it's still unclear for a number of people of what exactly will be proof. Yeah. Uh, so what is the National Register of Citizens that's there in Assam right now? Yes, so uh, that's, you know, a hot topic. And uh, uh, the National Register of Citizens is um, actually under the Citizenship Act. The central government has the power to compulsorily register citizens of India. It has a power which it may exercise. Now, under that, you will also see that there is a mention of a National Register of Citizens under Section 14A. So you can you may keep a National Register of, National Register of Citizens. Now, that was done only in Assam. And that was done on the, that's because of a, you know, a lot of questions of illegal immigration. In Assam, it was done on the basis of the 1951 census. Now, later on, there's the citizenship uh, rules of 2003, where there's a detailed mention of what the National Register of Citizens um, should include. And this has to be read with, it's a complicated process, with the Supreme Court's orders under the case, which is uh, Assam Public Works versus Union of India. Under, now the NRC in Assam only is being updated under the supervision of the Supreme Court. But it is only a register of citizens, right, which the central government may, you know, keep. And it is a continuous register. Under the rules itself, Rule 11 says that the updation process is continuous. So the most important question is, what if you are not in the NRC? Right? On that question, it is that you cannot be deported or declared an illegal immigrant because you are not in the NRC. You may receive a notice from the Foreigners Tribunal, and you may have to prove your citizenship. Right? And the NRC which will come will not be the final one unless they amend the rules because the NRC is a continuous process of updation. For the people who have not found their name, what is what is there for them to worry? Uh, that's an interesting question. One is that a lot of people may not have other documents which might clearly be proof of citizenship. But if you are in the National Register of Citizens, then that's clear citizenship. The second thing is that because all the the citizen your citizenship of India is under the constitution is to be controlled by laws made by parliament. So if the government of India compulsorily mandates you, which mandates you to uh, be registered as a citizen, then you must you know be registered as a citizen. Otherwise. Uh, you know, you may get this notice from the foreigners and tribunals. So those were not there right now in Assam. They have another chance because we only have the draft NRC, right? But other citizens would be born in India and the register would be con continuously updated. So I think that uh, people will have other chances to get the NRC updated. In this episode, we are also joined by journalist Kishile Bhattacharji, who has a curious case when he did not find his name in the NRC. Yes, it was uh, indeed curious because I was born in Guwahati. I was raised in Shillong, uh, though later I went out to work and uh, I did uh, go back and work in Guwahati as well. But, you know, I have a house there. Uh, and uh, when this updating of NRC uh, came up, I tried to understand the process of how it is done. 
uh, and I applied for the NRC. Uh, what happened actually was that uh, they wanted a document which is called the legacy document, which was a peculiar document I didn't know that was even required or even existed, which means I had to prove that my father uh, voted in this country before 1971, which was a little tricky to find out because one had to go to the place where he had voted and find the documentation, that kind of documentation doesn't, doesn't exist in our country. However, the NRC uh, officials, they uploaded a list of the uh, election uh, electoral rolls of that year, and uh, I couldn't identify my father's name there. Just as a chance accident, my father produced a document from 1955, which he has been carrying with him, which uh, said that he was a citizen of this country. Uh, it was almost a faded kind of document, but it was a document, however. And that document, I loaded the document. The NRC office said that, yes, this is going to work. Uh, when the list came out, the draft list came out, actually my father's name was there. My mother's name was there because her legacy is, of course, from her uh, father's side. My sister's uh, name was there, which was the same legacy document that I used. However, my name and my daughter's name was born in Delhi, was not in the uh, list. I didn't really follow it up because uh, I was really trying to understand what was going wrong in, the, in terms of documentation. In a couple of months when they came out of the final list, it was even more curious because my daughter and my name was there and my father's name was left out. And it was his legacy document that helped me and my daughter or my sister uh, have our names in the NRC list. So there are problems in the way that uh, they have gone around updating the NRC. How do you see the documentation process? It's not a dependable process. So what would it mean to update the NRC for the entire country in that case? Yes. So what this problem actually shows a pathology of the process in the sense that the list of documents, what is legacy data, all of that are, is specified. Now, what has happened through a number of studies which have come up in the media, as this case that you mentioned, uh, is that the process has not been in, you know, uh, implemented in, a, uh, in the way that it should have been, and which I think is a perennial problem in implementing anything in, in India. And since this is as important as your citizenship, so, um, you know, it is of serious concern. And uh, unless we have a foolproof process where such absurdities are completely, you know, uh, prevented, um, I don't think that the NRC process would be a credible one. You know, it would be difficult to trust it. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor. And thanks all for listening in. Please write to ashima.sh at gmail.com with suggestions, issues or topics that you want us to break down for you.